0: Well, it's another Wake Up With KC, and you know what? I have a question for you. Who are you and why, and what is the evolution of you? I have a special guest today who joins us that even wrote the book. Please welcome Brian Penzo. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great now that you're on this show. Fantastic.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me.
0: Well, it's a, it's an honor and pleasure. And, you know, I've I seen a copy of your book, Who Are You and Why? The, the Evolution of You. And I talk about it on my podcast, and I have other guests on my show and whatnot, and I'm always talking about these limited beliefs, the mental programmings, even the emotional energetic traumas. You know, what if that could be a contributing fact or factor of why, you know, we struggle the way we do? You know history repeating itself different timeline and how does that affect us so can you please share with the audience of you know a little bit about yourself and you know how your journey began
1: well uh, i'm from the hill country in ohio i was born and raised up there did a lot of farm work baling hay that kind of stuff took a bunch of wrong turns got into some trouble and uh, in 1987 i packed up and left I put everything in my truck. I had $250 cash in my pocket, three garbage sacks full of clothes, and I moved all the way to South Texas. And when I got here, I saw more cars in one day than I did where I lived in an entire year. And I struggled through a lot of things, ups and downs, um, not figuring out, you know, couldn't figure out who I was, how I got there and what I was going to do. And then I started getting into personal development. And at that point in time, I was punching a clock. It's like one of four jobs I've ever had and I started to started to put a little bit of the puzzle together. And I started a company and got it going, and then I started getting more and more into personal development, and I, it just kept snowballing into one thing after another. So that's how I got basically from Ohio to South Texas. Um, bunch of bad decisions that just left me to another area because I feel that if you can't get ahead in your current surroundings, create different surroundings and move yourself forward because we've always got to be looking at that.
0: Well, then let me ask you something. Did you like in that process and, in, you know, packing up and leaving, did you sit back and realize like, why, you know, how did I get here? You know, is there more to life than this? and, have you noticed like generational things from your upbringing and whatnot that you were just like following their program beliefs and whatnot? No, I don't think so. My dad was a very energetic
1: man. He was a businessman and he was a corporate man for a long time. And then he woke up and said, I've had enough. And so I've got, I've got that business background and pushing through and striving and they did everything right it was me that did everything wrong you know there was a lot of bad stuff in my life that i chose cuz i i went down the wrong paths so the foundation was there i just didn't build on it you know i decided you know how we are when we're young we know everything we can't be told bad attitude bad ego whatever the case may be and i just went off in a totally different direction and made a bunch of bad decisions so Once I got away from that and changed my surroundings, I said, you know what? It's got to be better than where I'm at. What do I need to do to start fixing that? So and the key for me was is hanging around people that had what it is that I wanted, not what it is that I had. And that makes a big difference because they're drawing you. They're saying, come on, man, you you know, you, you can do better than this. You're using a very small portion of your talent read this book or do this course or do this lecture. And really, your life is based on perspective. Once you start changing that, which is what my turning point was, that I knew I could do better, I just had to work a lot harder at it. And then that's how this whole, you know, personal development journey started for me. And that was the 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 actual bottom of the, the curve for me and when I started progressing and going up the ladder. So it was the the talent was there. I just had to dig in and find it.
0: Right. And would you, would it be safe to say that you created some limited beliefs in your thought process, your mindset?
1: Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Because, you know, you always look at that and self-criticize and can I do this or no, you're not educated because I wasn't educated. You know, I mean, I got out of high school with, you know, C's, D's and maybe a B along the way. so. I wasn't what you'd call a rocket science by, a scientist by any stretch of the imagination and surely couldn't qualify for college, so that kind of weighed on me because one of my brothers is a doctor and another one is uh, was an over-the-road driver, done very well for themselves, you know, and me being the youngest of four boys, I'm always looking like, man, I'm, I'm just not living up here, I'm not living up here, and I had the beliefs that I could not make it myself until that point that I started hanging around with those different people that brought me up to look at things a little bit differently, which totally changed my life.
0: Wow. And what were some of the, I guess you could say mentors that you came across that, ha- that helped you like open your mind to say, wow, there's something to this. Who were they in your life?
1: Uh, one of them was my brother. Uh, some of them were some of the doctors that uh, he used to run around with that, you know, that different mentality of thinking. And then I got into reading um, a lot of different uh, books that people would recommend. And just, I can't remember all the titles, but, you know, I've read so many different books. I've kind of lost track of them through the years, but it was just as simple. Um, mentors were all around, but you had to look for them. I mean, it's not like everybody that's listening to this has mentors that are very close to them but you have to seek them out. They're not going to come seek you out. So finding different mentors, whether they were doctors, whether they were attorneys, whether they were business owners, people that my brother was rubbing elbows with that had that different perspective that associated with me because they knew my brother, then they were the ones that started to lift me up and start sending me on a different direction.
0: Wow. Cause it's like, with my journey and what I've overcame and whatnot. And you know, my question was like, is this all there is to life because if this is it. I don't want to be here.
1: Yeah. Then there, done yeah.
0: That. <laughs> and, and I'm like, but there, but there is something that was like inside that was feeling like, no, there's more. Yep. Well, you know, about- it's, it's like because you know coming from an abusive marriage, and I'm like, how did I get even attract this stuff? How did all this come about? Because I don't think I was born to go through this. If I if, if this is it, then take me out. I don't want to be here.
1: Exactly. But
0: something came, and I started asking a question, and question everything. And one of my uh, mentors that told me that was Dr. Joe Vitelli. Okay. And it led to once I asked that question, I was coming from an authentic self and I asked the question, that's when they started showing up and it was like an answer to my question. Then I would say, Oh, okay, that makes sense. But what about that? Da, 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 da? And then shortly after somebody else would show up. And I think that's how it began for me. Could that be safe to say that's how it happened with you? Exactly.
1: You get back what you put out if you're putting out negative thoughts people don't understand that your entire world revolves around vibrations you can communicate with people and not even speak with them and when you're putting out bad vibes you're doing things that you know you're not supposed to be doing when you put out bad you're going to attract bad but when we change our mind shift we change our frequencies as well so now we're putting out better higher powered frequencies that other people can pick up on that we attract. And, you know, that was one of the big things with the law of attraction. The law of attraction, I mean, millions and millions of people listened to it and saw it, but there's yet not millions and millions of millionaires. And the part that, that was really left out was, is you can't just think of something and it's gonna magically appear. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's a process that comes in behind it. When you marry the heart and the mind emotionally, That is whenever the real creation starts because there's so many people that want to take the rocket ride. They want all the big cars, the big money, but they don't understand that it takes time to attract the people into your life. The right people, the right books, the right seminars, the right courses will all come into play at the right time. Not a second before, not a second after. You know, so as we change our frequencies, we start to attract a higher power or a higher frequency individual that can lift us up even more. Does that make sense?
0: Absolutely. You're speaking to the choir here on that one. <laughs> and so you you started a construction business and uh, you mentioned prior, uh, you know, something happening and then. You, you were actually homeless. How, you know, that journey and what did you learn from that journey?
1: Well, you know, when you start getting out of your comfort zone, you're going to take chances. And I started a company and did not get paid for a bunch of product that I delivered. And I had two choices. I either gave up my house or I gave up my company house. Wasn't going to generate me any money. So I gave up the house and kept the company. And I basically slept in a warehouse for about seven years on a couch that I got out of a dumpster. And, you know, you would think that that would be one of the most darkest times of anybody's life. But you know what, for me, it was the most enlightening because I had married my heart and my mind together. I had an emotional connection to the end result. And people say, how do you live in a warehouse? I had no heat, no hot water, barely any money for food. I used to heat up my bed with a hairdryer that I got at the dollar store. And that that alone made me dig down even farther because I'm not afraid to fail. Most of the people out there live a life that was chosen for them. They don't live the life that they want. I lived and did the life that I chose. Now, was it easy? No. Can anybody do it? Yes. It's a matter of the mindset and the perspective of how you view things. So when I was in there homeless, I just said, you know what, I made some bad decisions. What can I learn from this? I didn't fail. I mean, I had some things that went went bad, but I still had my business, I still had customers, I still had everything. So it was a setback, it wasn't a failure. So then I really buckled down and got into, okay, how can I fix this? What can I do to make sure that that doesn't occur again? And that was the whole evolution of me just pulling myself out of the hole and a lot of credit card debt at one time too, along with all of the other lovely things that happened along the way. So
0: it's just Perfect. a mental thing. Yeah. And based on limited beliefs and programmings from our upbringing, um, society, even yep. religion, it, their concept and their beliefs and their programming actually puts a, to me like a misconception of who we truly are, our capabilities, our power to where we're limited beings instead. And I, it's disheartening. And that's why I started this podcast is to, you know, wake up people like, Hey, You know, you don't have to suffer anymore the way you have been. You know, know, wake up. There's a program here. It's been taught down for generations. Now it's time to step up and come out of the closet and become a whole new you, the you that's been waiting for you to show up kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. You
1: know, people, there's so many people that live that other life that someone else crammed down their throat. And that's what my book is about. I mean, it's basically an algorithm from start to finish, of how you got there, what you can do to fix it, and the measures that it'll take to do it. And it's it's not for everybody. It's those it's for it's for those that are ready for actual change. Because I'll tell you what, today's Groundhog Day for a lot of people. You remember the movie Groundhog Day?
0: Yeah, with Bill Murray. I keep I mentioned that in that like we're living the past every day. It's just repeating
1: itself. Every day is Groundhog Day for a very large percentage of the people that are out there because they won't do anything different today than they did yesterday, the day before, two weeks ago, six weeks ago, or a year ago. And they wonder why nothing changes. You've got to
0: divide. What's that? Well, I was going to say, well, that's like the definition of insanity. You keep repeating the same thing over and over, but you want different results. It doesn't work that way. Exactly. But if you look at your, look at
1: society, you're taught, oh, don't go out on that limb. What if you fail? Don't start that business. You don't know what you're doing. Those are the losers that want to keep everybody suppressed. They don't want to see you get better because as you are climbing the ladder, they're still on the same bottom rung, And those people do not like that. I had many people told me to throw in the towel. Dude, you're homeless, you ain't got no money. Throw in the towel, go back home. Yeah, right, most of those people still punch a clock for a living. I didn't listen to them because I had the end in mind. And I think one of the big problems with people is today is they won't take a chance. I mean, there's so many businesses out there you can start for, you know, two, $300. Are you gonna get rich overnight? No. But a positive cash flow is a positive cash flow. And once you do that, you start getting that in your system. So let's say you're making $1,500 a month. And then now you build this little side business and it's making $500 a month. Well, you just want to two grand a month. Now you got tax write offs because you're a business owner. But see, people won't go out. This is not taught. The stuff that's in my book and the stuff that you're doing, which I really appreciate you doing, because we got to wake these people up. I mean, I love what you're doing because there are so many people under the blind obedience program at this point in time. It's pathetic. It is. They have been brainwashed to think that they cannot get where they want to go. There's absolutely nothing that they can do. Well, my dad was broke and his dad was broke. And my great great grandfather was broke. So there's nothing I can do. Well, sorry, times have changed. And (laughs) don't depend on your schooling industry to help you. They still have the same schooling industry that's outdated by, oh, I don't know, 40 or 50 years. Because they're still teaching the same stuff in college. You know, go to school, get good grades, hang the diploma on the wall. Yeah, nah, that dog don't hunt anymore. You got 18, 20-year-old kids starting YouTubes and this and that business that are making hundreds of thousands and millions of dollars a year with no college education. So it's a matter of mindset. Do you want to listen to all of the garbage that you've been shoveled and swallowed with that poison pill and washed it down with a bunch of sugar? Or do you want to listen to someone like Casey and myself that say you know what it doesn't make any difference what those other people say or think go do what you want to do and live your life not the one chosen for you
0: i agree with you brian and it's you know been a fascinating journey because you know being in an intuitive transmedium life transformational coach you know i've been on programs i did my self-development you know energetic healings and i'm still like there's things that are like deeply rooted that's been passed down from generations to generations that people probably don't even realize why they're stuck. Yep. And I, I'm just fascinated, like, wow. Like, okay, you know, it, if you want, we. I believe that everybody deserves the best life. Humanity was not supposed to exist as it is today. Yep, And there is, like you said, with the education, you know, traditional education will make you an income, but self-education will make you a fortune. Jim Rohn. Exactly. That's exactly
1: right. And, you know, and, and what I think people fail to realize is right now we live in a microwave society. Everybody wants everything yesterday. Well, big money and success is going to come over time. And I'm going to give you a little secret. People don't make a bunch of huge money and big money because if the mindset doesn't keep up with the income, you're not going to have the income very long. Look at lottery winners. Statistically, they're broke in 24 to 36 months. Why? They've got an abundance of money that they don't know what to do with because they haven't been trained in it. So therefore, they blow it like the bucket has no bottom to it and there's a full-blown five-gallon-a-minute spigot going into it doesn't work that way you have to understand money so you have to have your money making you money instead of just pulling a spoonful out of a five-gallon bucket say well it's only a spoonful well you keep taking spoonfuls out and nothing's going back in guess what sweetie that bucket goes empty and that's the thing people's mindset and their knowledge
0: must be able to keep
1: up with their income
0: Well, since you speak of that, you know, in in the religion aspect of things, you know, I was brought up the Southern Baptists and, you know, they're told money is the root of all evil. Could that program and belief have an effect on how you, your relationship with money? Oh, most definitely. Most people, they hate rich people.
1: So good Lord, don't do, don't do what it would be. What would it be like if I became rich? I don't want to become something that I hate so they suppress themselves. I hate rich people. Why would I
0: want to go and be something that I hate? Well, here's the thing that I would question then. If you don't like rich people, there's a lot of rich pastors out there that are banking bank on your ties. Uh, yes. Thank you very much. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh you know, money's evil.
1: Money is evil. But I don't want to hear any change in those baskets that we're passing around. I want to hear the rustle of bills.
0: You gotta give don't you pay 10%. attention to that? What's that? You gotta give ten percent of your income. Those are ties but they don't even yeah. understand the true history. There's no such thing as tithes. It was created by man. Yep. Who created don't pay religion? Attention to that. Two million dollar house that I live in
1: or that, you know, Rolls Royce that drops me off behind the church. Because, see, you know, that's you have to do what you need to do so I can do what it is I need to do. But don't be don't like rich people. You know, that's the money is the root of all evil. Uh, You can do a lot with money. If you're an evil individual, yes, you'll probably do evil things with it. Mm -hmm. But if you're a good hearted person and your heart and your mind is married together, I know a lot of very wealthy people that do a lot
0: of really good things with their money. And they just, it's law of attraction. It's the energy. Money is a plastic card or a paper. It's the energy, the thought and the energy that you put into it is determines what you get Back and return. It's a give and receive. You have to get it, keep it commun- uh, in circulation. Right. It's a, it's a, it's a flow, just like communication
1: flows in, flows out. I mean, uh, being a bunch of my friends, we all got together. Uh, the one gentleman was doing a missionary trip down in Tanzania, Africa, and he was in a village, and these people were walking a mile, mile and a half to go get water out of a lake that there were cows standing in, and there was a bunch of young kids in this village and my friend has young kids as well. And I mean, this man was tore up. He got back to the United States, called me and a bunch of people and said, look, these guys have been trying to get a well for many, 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 many years and nobody will drill them a well because they don't have the money. I said, okay, how much we got to find? So he told me the number. I said, well, let's get stepping. It was less than 30 days. We rounded up enough money to punch them a well. That well is functioning today. We literally changed the lives of possibly tens of thousands of people in a very short period of time. So was that money evil? Were we a bunch of bad people because we all hunkered down and talked to a bunch of people that said, look, we got some people that are desperate right now that need fresh drinking water. What are we going to do about that? There was nothing evil in that. We just hunkered down, picked up the phone, start making calls called the right people that have hearts of gold and a lot of money. Look at what we did because we had some disposable income.
0: Wow. That's impressive. And you know, I think, thank, I think those that participated and stepped up to the plate to, to make a difference, that is like priceless. That, you can't put money on the experience no. when you're no. doing something that is to help humanity, to help the planet. No. And um, there is a good book. I'm pretty sure you got this book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad from Robert Kiyosaki. No. No. And you know what <clears throat> hit me was when he started talking about Well, the poor teach the poor to be poor. The middle class teach the middle class to be middle class and the rich teach the rich to be rich. Which category do you fall in? And I was like a very young adult. I think I was in my 20s and I had a pause and I was like, oh my God. I think we were poor maybe, borderline middle class. I'm not too sure, but it's in this category. Don't wanna live that. That's my parents thing. And they're passing that down to me because I'm like, I felt like I was living their life style, the constant struggle, the constant stress here. we can't afford this. We can't afford that. You know, there's not enough money. When you hear that as a young child, is there truth to maybe that you're already getting programmed about the relationship that you're going to have with money?
1: Most definitely. Poor is hereditary. Being broke
0: is hereditary.
1: It runs in the genes. And one generation teaches the next, that teaches the next, that teaches the next. That, and then you've got, oh, well, you know, the last four or five generations of our family have been broke. Uh, well, you
0: learn from the previous generation. And would, just to add to that, would you think that there, you know, this is a, a, a mental programming and limited belief like, you got to work hard, sweat, and tears to yep. make that money. That's sort of like, mm, no. Why should I have to work hard and sweat and and you know bleed tears or ble- bleed in order to get the money? That doesn't make sense to me. That never resonated with me when I heard that. Yep. Why
1: not work That's smart? What we call armchair experts, armchair experts that are teaching people how to be successful how to you know be successful in life yeah going to work and working for the man is not the answer you know kiyosaki had the second book called the cash flow quadrant yeah and he broke it down you've got a line that runs north and south and run east and west the only difference between the people that reside on the left side of the fence which is the workers the self-employed or the right-hand side of the fence, which is the business systems builders, or the I, the investor. The only thing that separates those two lines is information. One on the left is getting incorrect information, and the ones on the right are getting correct information. And that's where the focal point of hanging around people that have what it is that you want makes a difference than hanging around people that have what it is that you have. I mean, you want to make $300,000 a year. How is someone making forty dollars going to get you to $300,000 a year or $100,000 a year? It's not going to happen. They've got a $40,000 mentality of business thinking. $300,000 you know, income earners are not sitting around thinking about, you know, how can I go get another job to make some more money? friend? thinking all together.
0: And I heard, was it not the name just went blank, but I remember the statement. It's if you look at your five friends that you hang out the most yep. and their paychecks, that's what. Yep. You add them all together and you divide by five. It's
1: called birds of a feather your income will be right there within those five. Now, Mm -hmm. does that make them bad people? No, it just makes them people that you don't wanna take life experience and business advice from. You know, I'm not saying several times, but you know, join some mentoring groups, join a networking group, you know, where you can start rubbing elbows with people. if you're in the marketing or advertising, find an advertising organization or a a meetup group or something where you go start figuring out and hanging around like-minded people. Trust me, those people have a totally different conversation than the people at the bar. Yeah. The people at the bar are going to tell you how miserable life is and their kids don't listen to them and the dog won't play with them. And my wife didn't have supper on the table and, It's everything is just bringing you down because people will relate to that. That's what they're accustomed to. So by shifting away from that and you start talking to people about startup businesses, you know, what's your advertising game plan? What's your next move? What are you going to do? What's your next course? What books do you recommend? The conversation is totally different and that's what people need to wake up to. Everything that you want is sitting out there and it's already in existence. It's just on the other side of failure you've got to be willing to take some chances belly well, up to the bar grab some band-aids and a little ointment because you're going to fall down and bust your knee and you're going to need a little ointment and a band-aid on it but get back up brush yourself off and move forward because failing just gives you better information it's not that you're going backwards you're actually going forwards because now you have better more accurate information to what make better decisions to progress you forward nobody gets to the summit by themselves and without making mistakes it is impossible
0: well wouldn't you agree then you know it's not a failure it's an experience that didn't work out just get up and look at a new way of looking at it and try again like yep. um I think it was Dean Crossiozi. He was walking his little boy and he would fall down. He'd try to get up again, take a couple steps and fall down again. He yep. was, it's just like when you learn how to walk, you're going to keep falling mm-hmm. and you automatically just get up and try again. Well, if you can look at life experiences the same way, especially when you're wanting to learn something, try something different Okay, I might fall down, but get up and try again. Just try something different until bam, it just happens. And then it's like, yes, this is what I wanted. Yep. The difference here, let me put that in perspective for you. The little one,
1: when he's when he's learning how to walk, he doesn't have a he doesn't have years and years of negative piled up to reference. He falls down, he hits his head, he cries, he gets back up. What's he do? He walks again, he falls down, he hits his knee, cries, gets back. He has nothing in his background saying, well, don't try that again. You know what happened? You hit your head last time and you hurt your knee. And he just sits there waiting for somebody to carry him. He says, oh, no, I want a cookie and I know where mom keeps them and I'm going to start walking. What's he do? Gets back up. Now, speed up 20 years. Someone goes after a job and they don't get the first one.
0: Well, I'm a failure. Oh, yeah, what's supposed to happen?
1: Yeah, come on. They say that people go in and ask kids what it is that they want to be when they grow up because they're looking for ideas. Think about that. Adults ask children what they want to be because the children have no reservations. The kids are looking, the actual grown-ups are looking for ideas for the kid. To maybe give them some help. Think about how serious that is. The kid has no backup. I want to be an astronaut, or I want to be a pilot, or I want to be this, I want to be that. There's no reservation whatsoever. But yet, adults are so reserved and so beat up by misinformation, armchair experts, letdowns, failures, whatever the case may be, that they run out of ideas. So they go in there and they ask a young kid, what do you want to be? Because they're actually looking for help so they can try to figure out what they want to do. <laughs> that makes sense. It's like, come on, it's not groundhog day anymore, folks. Wake up, take control of your life, do whatever it is that you want. And before, I tell you what, my my webpage is BrianPenso.com, B-R-I-A-N, P-E-N-S-O.com. Go in there, you can get the first chapter for free. And if you can make it through that first chapter, you might need some band-aids or a little ointment or whatever for your forehead. But if you can get through the first chapter, order the book. If it doesn't fit you, don't order the book. But do something different, go order another book. But you've got to do something different to get something different. Today is the last day of Groundhog Day because <laughs> yeah. you do well, have control.
0: Well, let me ask you something. I I look at this, you know, granted this pandemic with COVID and everything. It's still, uh, uh, but I looked at it as an opportunity. You know, granted, I, I was an essential worker because I lost my job. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Because I'm trying to get my podcast going. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I got bills to pay. How am I going to do this? And I started Instacarting, honestly. And I became like an essential worker when we were in shutdown here in Florida. In and way, you know what? It was like a blessing. And hearing, you know, these people, a lot of them were elderly and, mm-hmm they were just so thankful. And it was like the kids were paying for the parents' groceries yep. because yeah. they were so concerned. I mean, they were like all, you know, New York, Chicago, whatever, Detroit and whatnot. And they just wanted, you know, to help their parents out and just the, oh my God, thank you. For doing what you're doing i mean granted i had my gloves i had my mask i was like taking care of myself my hand sanitizer all that stuff but i felt like i was doing good in the midst of this pandemic and yeah i got paid for it and it made me stop and realize the you know during this pandemic reassess reevaluate you know what is it i truly want to do i started this podcast, Where do I want it to go? What can I learn to better my skills or contact, you know, networking and whatnot to get me to where I want to go in taking my podcast? And it was like, it just like, it, it, it just keeps flowing. And now I got amazing guests such as you, and I can't thank you enough for, you know, what you've been through in your transformation and in the success that you're having and being here today to share your story and your book. I look forward to getting the book. So there I got it downloaded go. on my computer. So I'm like, Oh, good stuff. Good stuff. I'll tell you some of the greatest shifts of wealth
1: come after the greatest downfalls of the United States. You know, if you think about it, everybody out there, that had a job that thought they were living that secure life. I've got security, I've got a job. A job is not security. Never has been, never will. That poison pill has been handed down for generation after generation. Now there's nothing wrong with having a job, but create some sort of a side hustle. If you would have had a windshield repair business during the downfall of COVID, people were still driving. They still need windshield repair done, wind chips. You could have made four, five, six, eight hundred, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars a month fixing windshields. It's all things are not negative or positive, it is the perspective in which we view them. Yep. Don't look for excuses, look for solutions. Now, excuses are easier to find. But there's always a solution to the problem out there. You're just going to have to look a little bit harder for it. So. I go
0: within because the truth is inside you waiting to be revealed. Yep. The solution is inside you waiting for you to go within. And it just reveals itself. It. And I think it's like a, a mystical, magical way of how it shows up. It might not show up overnight. It's not like no. going to a McDonald's drive through and bam, here you go. But yep. if you trust that the, the answer the solution, the truth will show up, if you believe in that and just like, OK, you know what? I don't know how I'm going to solve this, but it will show up.
1: Yep. Eckhart Tolle wrote a book called The Power of Now,
0: because that's all you
1: have is now. You can't do something yesterday. Try to do something tomorrow. You can't. The only thing that you can do and focus on is right now, the here and now. You can start making better decisions today. Get a lecture, read a book, do a seminar. There's all kinds of things that we can do to take control of our life. But the only time that you can do that is now. Yeah. But you got to make a move. You've got to make a move. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. And as it was said in a lecture one time I was at, when you do what everybody else does, you get what everybody else gets. Break away from that. Blaze your own path. Start finding your passion, and start living the life that you want instead of the one that was crammed down your throat and chosen for you because that's where most people are. They're living a life of misery right now.
0: Mm hmm. You know, and you have a so. Well, we're probably around the same age group. I grew up in the 80s, and uh, it seemed like everybody around me was, they were, the guys were going to go into the Army, military of some sort. You know, most of the girls went to nursing school or became a doctor or something. And, you know, I sat there and wondered, you know, looking back now, like, well, well, were they doing that because this is what their parents did? Or do they really have that, like, this is their sole purpose. This is why they came here, you know, and how are they doing now? I did not even know when I was in high school, what the hell I wanted to do. I had no idea. I was like, I went, I was working part time, even while I was in high school. Cause I thought, you know, Hey, I can get out early for one. Yep. And You know, but I really did not know, like, why am I here? What's my purpose? Until around my 40s, and I went to Connecticut School of Broadcasting here in in Palm Beach, Florida. And I got, I thought I was like, oh, I'm gonna have my own radio show. And uh, I fell in love with editing, I started my film production. Did some um, directed some music videos. I won an award on one, but then I was going. I was going through this divorce and trying to get out of this bad, toxic, unhealthy marriage because I wanted something better for me, and my kids, and you know, like this is not healthy. And so I had to put it on the back burner. Yep. Became a single mom. Okay, now I have to get a job, even though I really didn't want to, but I had you know in order to. Survive, kind of. Yep. You have to go to work. You got to pay these bills. You got to, you know, get a place for you and your girls. As like, called okay,
1: sacrifice. Yeah. You did what you had to do to progress. But at least you made the decision to do it. You had the end in
0: mind. And that's what pushed you through that. Well, not only that, but it sparks, uh, I guess you want to call it passion. Mm-hmm. But once I figured out how to do it, I'm like, wow, I really like doing this. This is like art in a whole nother form. And I love art. So I just thought, wow, I could still do art, but do it in this way. I could create videos, music videos. Wow. You know, right. and I got access to the equipment. So I was like, okay, this, I'll have to put this on the back burner. And then now my children are grown up. They graduated from school. No, I'm still, a mom's taxi to one and that's gonna come to an end soon so i'm gonna be bottle of champagne ready to celebrate (laughs) (laughs) but i went back to school to update my skills and then that's when the pandemic hit and we were in shutdown so it was like online learning but now i just took on a whole new level i'm back in it and just a different aspect from what i originally thought back in that you know 20 2010 2011. i'm like oh when you look back and realize connecting the dots with your your mind and heart connection and and your soul purpose it's it just a big difference doesn't it it does it's like you have this really aha big light bulb moments like oh so what i thought wasn't really what was gonna the end result is just a different way of yes I'm gonna have my own talk show. Yep. It's just a different way of doing it than what I originally thought. But I've got videos.
1: You're, what you're explaining is how I think. I I don't go along with a lot of the mentors or coaches that say, you know, set that goal, pick that date, set the world, you know, tell the world and because it's kind of an unrealistic goal. And what happens is, is it sets people up for failure. And a lot of times they're setting up a goal that is really out of their reach. Now, not out of reach indefinitely, just out of reach within the time frame that they have set. People say, I'm going to make a million dollars by the end of the year. You got seven months left or six months, whatever it is. They've never made more than $40,000 a year. So they come here December 31st. They haven't made the money. I'm a failure. I told the world, see, I told you this law of attraction doesn't work. So it's another nail in the coffin is another failure. So do you really think they're going to reach out the next time? I am a firm believer and get focused on the end result. Now I'm not saying, you know, mess around and not work on it. You got to work on it daily, but don't be upset if it's not coming at the rate of speed that you want it to, because it will come at the rate of speed that you can actually handle it. that's what I think a lot of people do not get about setting goals and becoming successful. There's a lot of people out there right now. I guarantee you if they started a business and they wanted to make $10,000 a month and they've never made more than $1,500, if they made $10,000 a month, they would be spending $20,000 a month because the mind doesn't keep up with the income. And I'll tell you, I've had my butt ripped off so many times and handed to me through mistakes. I know what I look like from behind better than anybody else on the planet because I've seen it more times. And that's just part of the game. You're going to get your butt handed to you. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to lose money. You're going to have people that are not going to be upfront with you. It's all part of the learning curve. And making that big money, you better have a mindset to handle it. Because not only will you go through everything that you're making, you'll go through that and more. And then next thing you know, you'll be bankrupt. Then you lose your house, your car, everything else. And then you're in worse shape than you were before you made the money. So don't be so excited to crest the summit. It'll come stay focused find the passionate thing that drives you mine was to fish professionally around the world around the united states against the idols that i watched when i was in school you know in the in the 70s i watched my idols on Bassmasters fishing i said that's what i want to do that's what got me through all of the homelessness no money credit card debt out the kazoo i had the end in mind but if i would have had a date of three years or four years I would have never made it because it actually took me about 14 years to get there. What what, what would have happened if I threw in the towel because I didn't hit the goal, which was kind of an unrealistic goal because it takes a lot of money and time to do what it is that I wanted to do. I didn't put a timeline on it. I just put it out there in the universe and things lined up exactly when they were supposed to, when they were supposed to, how they were supposed to, And I hit the goal. I have literally fished professionally all over. If you take the United States and run a line right up through Texas, I have fished professionally all over the East side of it through Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee. I've got a house in uh, St. Cloud. So I have fished Toho, Kissimmee, Harris chain, Okeechobee. I have fished all over the United States, which is what my end goal was on this entire journey that I took.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so I, I want to share something with you. I <laughs> caught my biggest bass ever here in Palm Beach Gardens, a six-and-a-half-pounder.
1: Woo! that's a good
0: one. I know. Yeah. I was, like, so excited. I was like, oh, my God, I actually caught a six-and-a-half. And you know what? It was funny. My my boyfriend was with me at the, at the time. So I, I got a lure worm. Mm-hmm. and i dipped it in this bag that had this oil in it yep and i zipped the bag up so cuz he can reek if he don't yeah <laughs> so i just like as soon as i cast that baby out there and I, it's like you reel it in tuck tip you know just tug tug reel tuck and when i i felt it i just went woo and i'm like wait a minute and i thought i snapped something <laughs> I was like, oh, man, I got another snag, like a snag to weed or a lily pad yeah. or something. So I'm like, and I'm like, oh, baby, oh my God, I got to pass. And then I'm like trying to get it up, and then like, the bank's steep. And I'm like, okay, how, okay, he didn't tell me how to swing this baby in. The bank's too steep, and I can't get, like, I can't reach down and get it. <laughs> so he comes across, throws his stuff down, lays down, reaches his mouth, and I'm like, oh, my God. How many pounds is that? Yep. My house is actually on Lake Toho. On oh, wow. The side.
1: Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, I have fished all over. Harris Chain, Toho, Kissimmee, Okeechobee, St. John's River. I have fished all over Florida. I love it over there. A lot of big fish. A lot of big fish.
0: Uh, you got you to let me know the next time you come down because we're going fishing, buddy. <laughs> I got I, I love fishing buddies. We gotta go fishing.
1: Sounds like a winner. You saltwater fish too? Or just freshwater?
0: I did when I was younger. I remember bits and pieces of it. Mm-hmm. But it honestly, <coughs> my uh, boyfriend, my partner, he's a captain on a private yacht and he goes okay. does a lot of salt fishing and the cleanup and everything. He's like, That's why I just love bass fishing. You gotta wow. pole. A worm, and you're good to go. <laughs> and you yep. can put it in the back of your car, drive around, find a pond, canal, whatever. Pull over and whip it out. <laughs> yep, you just gotta watch for those
1: gators over there, though.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yep. there, there's the gators. There's plenty there's of them out. over there.
1: Now, speaking of that, are you getting anything from the storm yet?
0: We have yesterday, and it's a bit overcast, but, it, like, the winds come, and, and you know, like, whoof a, a gust yep. of wind, and then it slows down, and then there comes another one, but yesterday was a little, like, is I, did they mess up, mess up on the hurricane of where it's supposed to hit? Because it feels like there's a hurricane coming through here, because the yeah. winds and the rain just, like, it, it's, like, in gushes.
1: Teeter-totter, up and down, up and down, yeah. yeah. Yep, no But uh, yeah, that was the goal that that kept me through everything. Homeless, no money, no nothing. It was to fish professionally against the best in the world, and that's truly what I did. I I lived my life the way I wanted to. It took me a lot longer to get there than I anticipated, but staying focused, that's the key. Find something that drives you. Find something that you marry your heart and your mind with because if you don't get passionate about it and it's not an emotional connection, humans are emotional. They buy a purse on emotion. They buy a car on emotion, on a house on emotion. Okay, your life is based upon emotion. Use that emotion to drive what it is that you want, not materialistic things. I'm talking about put the emotion into the life that you want to lead. What kind of, how would you feel if money wasn't an object? Oh my God. How would you feel if you could live where it is that you wanted to live? How would it feel to drive a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or a Tesla or get in there, find out what, what you want. And when you get a, an emotional connection from it, when you get resistance, you'll push harder. If there's no emotional connection, when you get resistance, you're gonna throw in a towel and run back to your job and beg your boss for another 25 cent raise. 40 years is gonna go by and you're gonna say, what in the hell happened to my life? Unfortunately, a very large percentage of your population does that. They work their entire life and end up broke.
0: And then it's part of that program you work 40 years for over 40 hours Yep a week To only get 40% back when you retire you can't live the lifestyle that you Accumulated while you were working all those years because times have changed cost of living yep. goes up and then that's a, a huge shocker and some of them have to go back to work and What I was gonna ask you prior um before you said fishing and you got me all excited uh, <laughs> it's now when my boyfriend gets home, I'm like, babe, let's go fishing.
1: <laughs> like,
0: okay. <laughs> but could it be what was I going to say? Um, I was going to ask you the oh, if you have that vision, the end result mm-hmm. and you're not sure how to go about doing that whatever it is that sparks your passion would it be safe to say in truth of why not learn the skills it takes to do what it is that you love doing like you say you want to be a pro fisherman right mm-hmm. well this is what i know about you gotta know one little locations where all the other ones are going mm-hmm. then you gotta have a good bass boat yep uh you got to know about the tides the currents
1: yep quality equipment sonar gps all of it
0: all of it so that takes time and yes it does you have to invest money into that so and then that money mindset thing i had to even change that for me it's like no I'm going to spend this money because it's for my investment into my future business and I need to gain the skills and the capabilities of how to learn how to do this. So would that be, you know, part of changing the mindset? I think what
1: people, the, the misunderstanding most people have is the most valuable piece of real estate you will ever, 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 ever own in your life resides between your ears. It's not your house. It's not your car. It's not that $1,500 cell phone hanging on your side. It's your mind. And let's put it this way. Your best thinking got you to the position that you are in at this point in time in your life. If that position is ideal and you've got money running out your ears, you drive the car, you have the house, you got the girl or the guy or whatever it is that you have, then I wouldn't change anything. But if you look at your car and you got four different brands of tires on your car, your AC doesn't work, you don't know if it's going to start from one day to the next or how you're going to pay your electric bill next month, maybe it's time to invest in a little bit better thinking. I because I that's the key. Yeah. That's the key. It's like your computer. If you got a virus infested computer, how long is it going to function? Try
0: what's, to put a new program here. The it. This is the computer hard drive. What are you feeding it? Exactly. So
1: when people go out and they get a personal development book and then they read it and they don't get anywhere. Well, when you read a personal development book, And you don't clear out all the crap that's in there you're trying to load good software on a virus infested computer Mm
0: -hmm.
1: what is the chances it's going to work uh zero so you have to start cleaning out the closet and that's why people recommend that's why i recommend people read my book first before they get going is it going to change your life in like 24 to 36 hours no but it'll give you the path to start taking measures to live the life that you want, not the one chosen for you. But you've got to put to rest all of the improper data that has been crammed down your throat, the armchair experts that didn't have anything of any value to offer you to live a successful, self-satisfying life that you wanted. A lot of people are living on a lot of really bad information And then they wonder why they got Groundhog Day every day. I don't have, I mean, I got, I don't have Groundhog Day. Every day is an adventure for me because I get up knowing that I am in control of what it is that I want to do. And I make my circumstances. I don't have anybody else making them
0: for me. I hope that helped.
1: I hope that Uh, helps.
0: Absolutely. So I have another question for you. It has nothing to do with the book or anything. So (laughs) what? uh, fishing experience have you had with another professional fisherman? And what was your biggest bass that you've caught so far?
1: Oh, oh, I've got many 10 pounders. Uh, Many. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Many, many fish over 10 pounds. Um, Well, I got to rub elbows with Gary Klein. Uh, Denny Brower. I mean, I'm sure you probably have heard some of those. Anybody that's been in there. I mean, I'd sit down or not sit down, but I'd run into Gary Klein out on the water because his fishing style was very similar to mine. We were power fishermen, shallow water, lots of casts thrown at structure. Well, we got into the point where we run into each other. We'd pull up on the side of the bank and sit there and BS. Now think, think about that a kid in his household at a very young age watching one of his idols on espn is now sitting in a 21 foot triton sitting beside one of his idols sharing a coke and a sandwich and talking about what's going on talk about living the dream dream yes and that's what staying focused does there's nothing you can't do if you stay focused. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. But no, I have won hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars in my in my career. Uh, I think the most I won on a team tournament was 90,000. We did that on Fork. Uh, I won 40 or $45,000 in two or three days on Sam Rayburn and a BASS Open. Um, it's, it's a long list. I mean, if you just search my name, Brian Penso Angler, You'll, you can find all kinds of stats, but I fished a Red River. I fished all over the United States. I had an absolute ball doing what it is, living the life that I wanted to lead. It, it was a rush. I met a lot of great people. I fished some of the most phenomenal lakes, beautiful, gorgeous bluffs that were 80, 90, 100, 200 feet tall. You know, looking at them, I mean, just unbelievable settings. My office was my bass boat. I love it. It was (laughs) it was pure joy. Let me tell you. Now, was it easy getting there? No. You know, is it expensive? Yes, but it was worth every single blood, sweat, and tear that I put into it to get there. And I was literally known all over. People people knew I had I had a reputation. They knew that when I showed up, they had to be a little bit worried. It wasn't going to be a cakewalk. So. And and that was that was really one of the greatest feelings that I've ever had in my life is rubbing elbows with my idols that I used to watch on TV as a kid. So that was so cool. But that's what staying wow. focused does for you. You know, don't let anybody squash your dream or tell you that it can't be done. I had plenty of people raining on my parade, but I just got a bigger umbrella and kept on going.
0: <laughs> well, Brian, it was such a pleasure. I look forward to fishing with you. <laughs> You just let me know when you come down. I got my pole and my little toolbox and yeah. my little pliers and everything, and I'm good to go. Sounds like a winner.
1: I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, I tell you, I had an absolute blast. I commend you for what you're doing. You know, waking people up and putting on a, such a fabulous program like this. You know, and as I always say, go to give, don't go to get, because in life, the more you give. The more you will get in return, inevitably, and it has nothing to do with the areas that you give in. Always right. go
0: to give, and you know, giving—it's like, how can I help? You know, yep. I'm not just your average every. I don't have a coaching program. I don't have a course or any. I just did not right. feel. But I always, ever since I saw Oprah Winfrey, and back in the '80s when she started her Oprah Winfrey Show, I was like, I really like doing what she's doing. I want to do that, and I just. It went into the here, and I totally forgot about it because life got busy. I was going through so much. And then now I realize, I'm like, I did say that. I remember watching her. Blowing the
1: dust off of the dreams.
0: And now Look
1: I'm. Look Winfrey. Look at the life that she led mm-hmm. in her history. Did she go into agreement and allow that to control her life? No. Mm-mm. She did what she wanted to do regardless what anybody else did said or whatever it was that they had in store for her she still broke out and lived the life that she chose
0: and she followed her intuition she tapped into that and that's what I was like wow Yeah,
1: that's the power of the mind if you just get out of your own way and let it do its job it's been said that a human uses less than 5% of its brain capacity. Some people use uh, maybe a half a percent or one one hundredth of a percent, you know, but no, you, the, the mind is such an amazing thing. Feed it good. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. Feed it bad and you'll be sitting in the same place 20 years from now than you are right now at this very moment. So get into it, live your life. I'm not saying my book is going to totally, you know, take you on a rocket ride. But it is definitely a set of stepping stones. How what I did and used to turn my entire life around. And, you know, if you're ready for that, read it. Because I, I am. Go, I, I, read I, I would
0: definitely read it because I just you're speaking my language and this is what I talk about. And you know what? I would like to have you back on the show and let's talk about some fishing history. Sounds like a winner. <laughs> I would love that. I would love
1: that. That's sound. That's sound. That's a date right there. That's okay. a date. Absolutely. Sounds like a winner. Well, Thank you have a wonderful evening. Stay safe. Thank you very much again for your time. I really appreciate you having me on.
0: It was such a pleasure. And now I got I just created a new fishing buddy. So I'm I'm hey, so
1: cute. There you go. <laughs>
0: Thanks. There's a again, lot, of, lot of good fishing
1: people out there, that's for sure. Yes. Well, thank, thank you,
0: you again. Yep. Oh my gosh, I got a new fishing buddy. Woo! This was an exciting. Uh I hope this interview was as insightful and helpful and you gotta check out his book. I'm I'm almost positive that there's something in there that's waiting for to show up for you to help you transform your mindset so you can start living your dreams. So stay tuned for another episode with another amazing guest right here on Wake Up With KC. Do you agree that, you know, it's time that we all wake up and take responsibility even for our ancestors that did not know it any better? been waiting patiently to have this kind of conversation.